Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends. Uh, episode 59 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. Uh, this week we have an awesome interview with uh, Jill Selecki. Um, he's a brown belt in Myrtle Beach. Uh, trains under uh, Frankie Patches, who's a Matt Sarah black belt. Um, so definitely don't want to miss this. He's a, he's an incredible competitor. Just won a uh, uh, super fight. And uh, he's funny. He's a, he's a great interview. You're, yeah. you're definitely going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Good good information and entertaining as well. So I yeah. can't beat that for a combination. How are you doing today, Byron? Doing great, Gary. That's what I like to hear. We got we got the holidays of, uh, are happening. Actually, we're recording this a little bit before Thanksgiving, but yeah. uh, we're we're, we're, we're drooling thinking about eating. So uh, <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a fun holiday for me, and I do overeat yeah. on that day, and then the day after, I probably do a pretty good job too. You know, one thing is, I'm always curious: uh, how many people are going to train on Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving Day, we've yeah. done it before. Yeah. I know we have. I've loved training like on holidays. Uh, you yeah, know, if you have a little uh, free time in the morning. It, I, actually, I have a. I'm doing a 5K with my wife. Oh, so you're a beast. I, a 5K. Yeah, but you told me you had to eat a turkey leg while running. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know or you haven't listened to our podcast before, Byron has actually run a marathon, and he's kind of my hero. <laughs> I did complete it. Yeah, so. that's impressive. But uh, anyway, so we're doing a 5K. That's our little activity so I can eat whatever I want. Call it good. Call it, It's all gravy, man. Yeah, well, it's going to have gravy on it. <laughs> It'll all have gravy on it. That's what I mean. So, but this is the BJJ Break Podcast. If you want a uh, weekly email to you, uh, giving you a link to the podcast in case you forget, um, sign up for our email list at bjjbrick.com. And there's also a place to sign up for it on our Facebook page. So that'll be – it's an easy way to get out to you. Yeah, you'll never forget. You'll always get a reminder. This week, just like last week, we had a really good tip from Roy Marsh about how to get better at your guillotines. Um, so we've got another one from Roy. Let's put Roy on. So probably the biggest mistake people make with, I think, any part of jiu-jitsu is not focusing on maintaining uh, a position. They they go straight from getting to somewhere to trying to finish the submission. With guillotines, it's really important. You have to understand how people are going to counter, and this is why you see guillotines fail in MMA all the time. They get the posture broken down, but they don't keep the posture broken down. They immediately wrap around the neck and start pulling. And if he can straighten his spine, bring his hips in close, you'll lose the guillotine. So one detail that I always tell my students is my elbow never travels higher than my shoulder if I'm trying to do a guillotine, i.e. if I'm standing. Uh, So I want to make sure that my elbow uh, is... at least parallel to my shoulder or lower when I get the guillotine. And from there, I want to keep his head pressured down. I'm not so concerned about wrapping the neck as I am keeping him from being able to bring his hips in close and posture up. So you have to really focus on that posture control. It's what's going to stop him uh, hipping in and perhaps even taking your back. Man, I love that advice right there. Um, I know we talked about it last week, but it seems like everybody's looking to go to go you know to get that submission and and really you're not going to get that submission you got to control the posture you've got to keep that head down even before you start you know grabbing the chin going for the submission um otherwise like you said his hips get in you know his posture you know comes back he you know he starts looking up and uh and uh you lost it 
So, uh, you know, great tip. Great, awesome tip by our friend Roy. Yep. Roy does have a seminar available just about guillotine. So if that's something that you're interested in, uh, the tip seems like it's going to help your game. Uh, check out a seminar. We'll put a link to it on today's show notes. Um, it's twenty dollars. It's a digital download. You get the you download the whole the whole video. It's 105 minutes long. Uh, lots of great information, and it's nice because you have people asking questions, like follow up questions. Just students like you. you yeah, know. just yeah, basic everyday people like me and you. Sharpen that so, guillotine. Yep. For when you pull that string, it falls down and. You get a good choke. The head comes off. <laughs> so check it out. He's a friend of the show, and we're happy to, to help him out here and try to promote a little bit. So if you're at all interested in guillotines, uh, check it out. See if it's for you, and uh, and let us know what you think. I can tell you it's already helped my game. Yep. So thank you, Roy. We've also heard good things about it from Facebook as well. We've got some good news for the month of December to help you know get you ready for your holiday shopping or Christmas shopping. We've got a couple of discounts for you. Uh, FujiSports.com is giving our listeners 20% off pretty much everything on their website there. It doesn't cover like uh, buying items uh, in bulk. But if you want a gi or two or some gi shorts or whatever, FujiSports.com, promo code capital B, capital J, J, B for brick. Uh, The first four letters are capitalized, uh, BJJ brick. It'll get you 20% off. Also, for your supplements, we have our friend here. It's a local place called Dwayne. Um, the phone number is 785-833-2188. He will hook you up with a 15% off uh, your supplements. They carry most major brands. It's uh, The business is called Supplement U. And uh, he'll also give you a free shipping as well. So that number again, 785-833-2188. Ask for Dwayne. He'll hook you up. We got a quote of the week. Last week we had an interview with Amanda Lowen, and she was nice enough to give us our interview for this week. So that's exciting. That's definitely exciting. So here's Amanda's quote. I remember several times just like stomping into my coach's office, just being like, blah, 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 these things aren't working, and I don't understand. Am I not getting better? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And he's just like, he'll tell me every time he's like, frustration is a useless emotion i'm just like okay fine so and then you know one of our other coaches Preet from estonia as well he's just like go tear some tissues and then come back on the mat so i think those things really are are important it's just like frustration isn't going to help your jujitsu at all and if you do get frustrated go tear some tissues figure it out and then come back on the mat so i think those things are you know those things are good advice and take to heart let's say you just can't get a particular move down or or you get it down but then when you go to you know drill it against resistance it's just not working so you know Preet was just kind of gave the the metaphor of well go to the bathroom go tear some tissues (laughs) you know and then come back on the mat when you you know you'll be sad for a few minutes and then get out there and get to work exactly yeah stop being a baby and and just come back on the mat Frustration is a useless emotion. I like that. And it, it, you think about like most emotions, even when they're when they're not necessarily positive. There's sometimes there's a, a driving force behind it. Like I'm, I'm mad or I'm, you know I'm sad or whatever. But they could affect you and have like and help you. Like if you're angry that you 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 keep getting guillotine choked all the time or whatever. Okay, use that. Train harder. You yeah. Know, like, but frustration is different because. You're literally frustrated with what you're trying to get better at, and it makes you like question the whole thing. 
Like, is this what I want to do with my life? It was training yeah. to survive for me. It's useless. It's it, a useless emotion. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love that quote right there. Frustration is a useless emotion. I've never really thought of it like that, yeah. but it really is. I mean, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's not doing you any good. I mean, I like that. You know, just go go take some time off the mat and then get right back on there. Go, go tear you know? some tissues. Yeah. Cry be, about it for yeah, if you want to, yeah. you know, cry about it for a little you, while, then be done with it. You think about, you know, what, you know, my dad would say when I was growing up, you know, stop being a baby. Get back out there. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, I, I use that same line, like Amanda said there, on, on my son, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I see where it's coming from now. But, but I never... You know, I've never heard that or or anything close to that. But frustration is a useless emotion. I, that's something I'm I'm going to take to heart, not just in jujitsu, but in life. I mean, yeah. I get frustrated in life, and uh, and uh, I'm wasting my time. Yeah, it, I can't think of a time where I, I most emotions and a lot of them I you know don't like, and I'm not a particularly emotional guy. But I can't think of a time where being frustrated helped me. No, never to do better. Me. Yeah, like being being mad, being sad, being all these other things. Sometimes you could use that to yeah. your advantage, and, and and get get more motivated to do something, or or you know, sometimes you're supposed, supposed to be sad, whatever, you know, like that's the way life is. But frustration, I don't think it's ever helped me do anything in life. So I like that. Good one, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Gary, what's our? We got an article of the week, man. What's happening? We have an article of the week. It's more of a uh, a Wikipedia how-to article this week, isn't it? Yeah, uh, WikiHow. WikiHow. Wiki, Wiki, WikiHow. Sounds like you're rapping, man. <laughs> we, uh, we're not rappers. <laughs> definitely not rappers. We are too lame. Consult the uh, the BJJ Brick logo to know how lame we are and that we're not going to be rapping. <laughs> My name is G and I like to roll. I got a microphone and I'm going to steal your soul. Man, Gary's coming out with some hard rhymes, man. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is an article, How to Improve Your Guard in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's, is that an important thing, or is that just kind of like a, you know, like a, yeah, here today, gone tomorrow type of activity? Oh, it's definitely important. Okay, good. You know, you got to have a, really, I mean, a guard is an essential part of your game. I mean, it's one of their your main components. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, main position, so. You know, you always hear people say, I don't want to play guard or this and that. You know, I want to have a strong top game. But you're going to get put in the guard. Yeah. I don't care if you're the best wrestler around. You're you're going to get put on your back sooner or later. And uh, you're going to have to learn, you know, the guard. And as we're talking about, you know, how to improve your guard, by having a better guard also makes you a better passer. Yeah. So, I mean, they go hand in hand. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, if you is your guard important? Is learning how to dribble important for basketball? Is is learning how to not drown important to swim? I mean, like, yeah, you need yeah. to even if you don't want to, even if that's if you don't want to have it, if you don't yeah. want to be a guard guy, that's fine. But you've got to have a good guard. Yeah, like you said, is learning to put one foot in front of the other important in walking? I think it's basically the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yep. some <laughs> stuff like that is important, unless you're moonwalking, because then you put one foot behind the other. Uh yeah, but, Gary is known for his moonwalking abilities. Well, and my rapping. Yeah. Now you are. <laughs> I think I made a mistake here. Hey, maybe, maybe I'll put a little music to that at the end of the episode and we'll see how that sounds. Uh, okay, improve your guard in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Five steps. Um, step one is important for you not only to work directly on your guard game, but focus on your guard passing and defensive abilities. So, I mean, they do go hand in hand. Um, you know, you may you know be working on sweeps, but... 
by working your guard, you're going you're gonna to get better at passing. You need to focus on that there also. So uh, uh, don't skip that spark. Uh, step two, the guard game varies from person to person. You know, you may have somebody who's six foot six with long legs, yeah. uh, very flexible. You may have somebody who's five foot three, two hundred and five pounds with short legs. So, uh, uh, some people are going to be faster. Some people are going to be slower, more flexible. Some people really flexible. They can, you know, do rubber guard stuff. So, uh, I, no matter what your body type is, there's a guard for you, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the taller guys. May may do triangles easier and spider guard better, but the shorter guys sometimes those guys sweep so well, they, they're like their with their legs being more compact, they lift better with like a butterfly guard. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, on step two here, it also goes on to uh, talk about practicing and drilling the position over and over. It, it'll make you natural at the guard because you think about when you first start, you the guard is not natural. It really isn't. It's not like you played sports and you ended up in that guard position yeah you know so it's a it's kind of an unnatural position so uh you do need to spend time practicing it you need to make make it so you don't think about the moves they just come natural and uh if you uh, have to think about the moves it's usually too late yeah you're late the, yeah you know you, you get you gotta just automatic he yeah. puts his arm here i'm gonna do him a plot yeah no problem if you yeah. like like where marshall saying the other day if he looks down i'll do a guillotine yeah yeah, and and that's what it is. You you see those little cues, and you don't you don't even think. You just react. You just go straight for the kill. That that is done by watching the, videos or by training and drilling. Training and drilling. Okay. <laughs> I got that one right. Multiple choice of two, and you nailed it. Yep, uh, you could have did two false. <laughs> uh, step three: um, being flexible very important in jiu-jitsu and uh especially in the guard position and it basically tells uh you know work hard on your flexibility is important for you to be solid in the position and uh and before uh we went on air here i was telling byron uh i lack a little bit in that position or in that step right there i do need to work a little hard on my flexibility but you what kind of guard do you play you know, I, I'm open. I just open, you do a lot uh, of half. Seems like a lot of halves. Uh, I like a half butterfly. Uh, you know, butterfly half, running from there and just you know switch back and forth. I think if you wanted to work on a different guard that required more flexibility, you, yeah. you need to work on that. But for the the types of guards you have, yeah. And I've one thing I've realized, you know, with flexibility, is I've always thought about like if it doesn't work. You know, if I'm trying to get an angle and it's not working, just move my hips out a little bit more. And yeah. it seems like it always works. Yep. Uh, and uh, But that's the bad part that I haven't worked on my flexibility enough because I've always just went by the philosophy, I move my hips a little more and I'll be okay. Sometimes you can't move your hips anymore. <laughs> you run out of real estate. That brings us to tip number four here. Just what Gary was saying. Move your hips to different positions. Um, it will help you with different guards. Um, and think about like from your opponent's point of view or the top player point of view if you're able to pin their hips to the ground that kills a lot of guard play um, just picture like a big giant nail going through their hips and attaching to the ground and they're not moving their hips at all that's hard to play that's, I mean yeah. you know if granted there's no nail through your hip and it hurts like crazy but but like if they can't move their hips, like imagine I guess a bunch of glue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they can't move their hips, that kills a lot of guard, yeah. man. And really, uh, like you said on the guard there, it's you're never just str- 
to have a good guard, you're not going to be flat on your back, you know, which to the untrained eye, it looks like we're just laying flat on our back. We want to be side to side. We're moving side to side. And when you're uh, putting that nail through our hips, uh, that takes care of my movement right there. Yeah. The last tip on here is to to work on your, your guard with many different partners, uh, different shapes, sizes, athletic abilities, skill levels, everything. Um, it, it's hard if you're in a small gym and you've got one or two other people to train with, but try to bring in some people that are yeah. tall or try to bring in different variety because it does matter. It matters yeah. a lot. Yeah. One of my training partners I train with a lot and uh, we'll have days every now and then where we just try to pass the guard are n- not best way. You know how yeah. you normally have a side that you go to that you're a little bit better. We'll spend the whole day going the other side. You know, we'll just get in the habit and we'll just keep going there. And, and uh, it's always good. And, and you do that to me a lot. Most people, you know, pass my guard on one side and, and uh, I've gotten pretty good at that side. And, and Byron's always working going the other way. And, uh, you know, that helps my game tremendously because now it's, I've got to uh, adjust. I, I've got to be ready for uh, Byron going into his wounded cougar mode, taking that other angle. So uh, I'll be ready. I will. I, I, that is a good point, Gary. Um, probably, if you've been doing jujitsu for a, l- a little while, you probably have one direction. You probably have several passes, but usually one way you're going to pass. And usually the, it's to your left, it seems like, because people stand with their right leg forward. Um, if you could pass to your right, it throws a lot of people off. Yeah. And, and not necessarily that, but if you could pass one. Like some people's guard, like Gary, I'm not going to pass your guard to, to my left. It's so freaking hard. I, you know, I might, but the odds are very slim. But if I could, Gary doesn't even let me start to pass the guard to my right a lot of times. Like I, I, it's a battle of itself to, to get to position to, to try to pass that way. But, but I have a chance to pass to, to my right. So I, I, Gary, maybe you don't realize it, but I don't even try passing to my left anymore because it's, it's like a Kimura or whatever. Yeah. But if I, could, if I could try to pass to my right, well, that's something that I could I could try. Yeah. But same thing in competition. If you spend the entire match trying to pass one direction, he might have had an easy pass to the other way. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And I, I tell you, I, I love it when Byron does that. And I mean, he may pass, and then I get caught in the old Byron Jabara side control, which I'm never going to get out. <laughs> but the good thing is, is it makes me makes me work on a on a part of my game that uh, is not the best. And uh, like we said in last week's episode, you know. You're always learning. Yeah. You know, is that a failure or am I learning? Yeah. I don't look at it as a failure because Byron passed. I look at it as, hey, I'm learning. Yeah. Like, just to go a little bit deeper into this, you know, when I, if I do pass to Gary's, to my left, Gary's looking, he already has his left underhook. Like, that's so automatic with his left hand. If I pass to his right, that left underhook is, is, is slower than his other one. That underhook for his, I guess, his right hand. It's not as good. Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, like it's not as tested. It's not nobody puts him there that, that often. So it's good for me because it yeah. seems like it's a lot harder to get him to get out. But really, it's my same side control almost. But it's just everything's backwards for the yeah. bottom guy. Yeah, and then Byron is also on the top guy. It's awkward for him passing that way. That's not his best way, and it's just going to make him better too. Yeah. So really, just by experimenting and as Byron said, you know, working with different partners, doing different things, it's just going to make your guard better. So. But we've gotten a little off topic of the uh, how to improve your guard in ju- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's a Wikipedia or WikiHow article. Wiki, WikiHow. Wiki, um, WikiHow. <laughs> we'll put a link to it in the notes. I want to say one more thing about working on your guard, especially if you're fairly new. Also, if it, 
you're also going to work on one or two uh, side control escapes at the same time. Because if you're going to open up your garden, you're going to work on getting it better. People are going to pass it. That's just going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to be frustrating. And like frustration is a useless emotion. So don't get frustrated. Say, okay, it's time to work on my side control escape. There you go. It's not frustrating anymore. You have, I'm going to do this escape. Yeah. There you and go. then what we're going to do, you're going to work on your side control escape. And then you're going to pull that into a single single leg with your head on the inside. You're going to knee tap. And then you're going to be on side control. <laughs> so then you're going to work on side control. <laughs> No, you got to get yourself back in your guard and work on your guard some more. They'll pass right away. And uh, so, anyway, just just anticipate that if you're going to open up your guard a little bit, and uh, you also, it's a good time to work on some psychotrol escapes. Kind of kind of get a couple in your head before you start. So yeah. that's something that I've that I've worked on when I've opened did some different guards for me. I'm going to be. They're going to pass. I know yeah, they're going to pass. They're going to get passed. It's going to be tough, but yeah. it's worth it to learn. All right, my friends, let's get on with the interview with Joe Selecki. Uh, here we go. All right, my friends, I'd like to welcome Joe Selecki to the BJJ Break podcast. Joe, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing awesome, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We're happy to have you on the show. Um, you're recommended by a friend of ours, uh, some guy you train with and a guy that I met online, Jeff uh, Smith. Jeff Smith, yeah. He's one of, my, uh, one of my good training partners and teammates. I've known him for a while now. Yeah, he's awesome. So I'm happy to be on, man. Cool. Uh, well, if if somebody hasn't doesn't know about you yet, um, could you kind of tell, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm 21 years old, so I'm pretty young in the in the sport. But I've actually been training since I was six. So I started back in like 1999. But I mean, I don't know how many years you can count of that. Cause, you know, a lot of it's games and stuff and lighthearted. But um, you know, total mat time, I got about 15 years. And uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I trained up there for the first 12 years under uh, well, currently the third degree black belt. Um, John Hassett and uh, up there in my hometown I trained the whole time with them and then um, recent years two years ago I moved to Myrtle Beach and uh, kind of bounced around down here the scene was a little a little different than what I'm used to I'm used to being in New Jersey which is you know close to Philly close to New York a lot of competitions a lot of schools and uh, more modern jiu-jitsu so there was a little bit of culture shock coming down here but uh, almost a year ago to the date I found the school I'm at now which is uh, Sarah BJJ Myrtle Beach and now I train under the head instructor there, Frankie Shower. He's a black belt under Matt Serra. And we train, you know, every day together. And uh, we also kind of cross-train up to the headquarters in New York, so Matt Serra's gym. And it's been awesome, man. It's been a really cool journey. Cool. And are you training uh, mostly gi or no gi or both? Uh, everything. Yeah, so every day um, we alternate daily, uh, gi and no gi. So every day, you know, it's usually twice in the gi on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, twice no gi. Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday, we kind of just pick and choose depending on what the deal is. So kind of both. I, I kind of compete in, in Nogi a little more just because I like the uh, the tempo and the fast pace. But, um, I mean, I love training in the gate. It's so much fun. It opens it up. There's so many different things you can do. You can get really creative. So I love it. Cool. Um, you said you're 21. Are you doing anything other than training all the time? Um, I'm in college, so I'm, a, I'm majoring exercise science. So I kind of... I wish I was jiu-jitsu full-time, you know, that was it. But uh, I go to college full-time, and I kind of squeeze the jiu-jitsu in around college. It used to be the other way around, but, you know, priorities in real life take control sometimes. So uh, I go to college full-time, and then when I'm not doing that, that's when I'm on the mats. What made you decide exercise science? Um, You know, I really, ideally, down the road, I'd really love to, you know, open a jiu-jitsu academy. And um, I'm also really into, like, fitness and nutrition and all that stuff so it kind of they complement each other so well so i feel like if i was to have 
an academy one day, you know, it would I'd be able to help my students off of what I learned from exercise science rather than, you know, because, like, all the coaches I've, I've had, they've always been so good at that. They know how to, you know, tell you how to cut weight and how to peak and how to get in shape and not just the jiu-jitsu. So I feel like I could do the same as them by, you know, being able to help my students and kind of, you know, give them more advice and maybe also have, like, a fitness aspect to my gym or something that brings in business besides just jiu-jitsu. Cool. Sounds like that's a good fit. For some oh, yeah, definitely. They're, they're so complimentary. It's pretty cool to see. All right. If, could you describe your uh, your game a little bit to somebody? Yeah. Um, I spent the first, because I started when I was real little, so um, I kind of spent the first, I don't know, like 10 years defending, you know, submissions, and everybody was so much bigger, and, uh, you know, kind of just like, it feels like when you're defending all the time, you're just sitting back and watching, and maybe like absorbing. So now, because I spent so much time in so many bad positions, I feel like my game's really open. Like, I just kind of, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of times I open up and just go for things, and I don't really worry about what's going to happen. So it's like, um, I mean, I, you, you want to be calculated always, but I feel like because, like, I've been in so many bad positions, I'm kind of comfortable there. So I kind of just, like, go for whatever I see, and I don't really worry about the repercussions too much. Because, like, I'm, you know, I've always been the nail anyway. So if I'm going to turn <laughs> to be the hammer, you know, I'm going to take you, and then... And it's back to the nail, it's okay, so I'm used to it. So, I don't know, I try to be, like, explosive, and, you know, I try to, like, I really like, um, like, Marcelo Garcia, um, uh, Keenan Cornelius, guys that open up their game and they just attack, and they don't really, you know, I'm never going to be the guy looking to win off of the advantage, so. I don't know, pretty open style, I think. A lot of attacks, a lot of, uh, little calculated risk, it sounds like. You like the top or bottom, or do you, do you care? Um... Anymore, I really don't care. Um, I, I used to be just like a butt scooter, guard player, and I was real small. But now I've kind of grown into my body a little better, so I um, got a little stronger, a little faster. So now I really love passing. You know, my, my coach, uh, Frankie, really, like, showed me all the – the passing is not just, like, getting on top and trying to run through the legs, which is what I always kind of did because I was so small. And i get on top, I wouldn't know what to do. Um, he taught me all about passing, and he's kind of turned me into a top player now, so – I kind of prefer on top lately, but I mean, I just love jiu-jitsu anywhere, so yeah, it don't really matter to me. If you could, that, that's interesting the way you, you kind of changed your mind about how passing is. How how would you? Can you describe how you pass differently now that you've taken a more calculated approach to it? Yeah, I think um, when I was younger, I was like real into flashy jiu-jitsu. Like um, I don't know, especially like if anybody like listening is um, starting out, like it's really easy to get. Uh, like pulled into all the new fads and tricks and like what's hot you know that month like a burn bowl or something but yeah. um so I used to do like a lot of crazy you know I used to like try to hop around the guard or fall back for a leg lock instead of just facing the problem which was like passing you know I didn't know how to pass properly I didn't work on it enough um so my coach now just kind of showed me like it's the old school style like that you know that pressure passing and you know slow and controlled and that kind of shuts down all the new stuff. So I really take into that a lot. I really like, like smash passing and really like getting heavy on top and putting pressure. And, you know, if you put enough pressure, you're going to break anybody. So you can kind of get through all the weird guards and stuff just by playing that tight, you know, uh, you kind of like smother them and, you know, put a lot of pressure on the guy. So I'm like, I'm loving that lately. I'm sure it'll change. You know, it, it always does what I like. It always changes. You know, there's always new stuff to try, but I'm really in love with that lately. Yeah, it's always uh, funner to be the one uh, putting the pressure on than to be the one oh, absorbing the absolutely, pressure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, what belt are you? 
Uh, I'm currently a brown belt. I just got promoted in uh, August. So uh, I spent a couple of years as a purple. I moved here as a purple and uh, switched to academies, you know, from, from up north. And I came around and bounced around. And like I said, I found my instructor. Uh, and I cut my stripes off because, you know, it's kind of etiquette. Uh, you know, because I was a purple belt, but I wasn't a Sarah BJJ purple belt. Yeah. And I really wanted to be. You know, I wanted to earn my... I wanted to start fresh and really learn the system because every, every school is a different system. So I started that, and it took me about a year, and I got all my stripes back and everything else. And in August, I, uh, after a couple of competitions, I got promoted by my instructor. Cool. What, uh, what weight class are you in? Uh, I walk around like 170. Uh, so, you know, for an IBJJF tournament, I'll be like 162 lightweight. You know, it's not, not really a cut for me at all. I don't really, you know, I just cut out a couple of things, and I'm good to go. So I'm a lightweight. You started jiu-jitsu at six, six years old? What got you started so early? I always, uh, I mean, I was a kid, so, you know, you watch TV when you're a kid. I was obsessed with Power Rangers. It sounds ridiculous, you know, because now I'm like 21 <laughs> years old. It sounds, it sounds awful. But, uh, you know, with the Power Rangers, I think it was the two of them, uh, Tommy, the Green Ranger, who's still probably on Power Rangers, I think, he always did karate in the show, and, you know, you want to be like your favorite characters. So I was always telling my mom I wanted to do karate, I wanted to do karate, but I was only four, so... You know, not many schools that are serious about training take four-year-olds. They take, like, six or seven and up. And uh, my brother was a baseball player, and he wasn't getting any playing time. Just, like, you know, town politics and, like, normal stuff. So they were like, all right, you know what? Like, we'll try an individual activity or sport. So they put him in it. They kind of sent him as a guinea pig. And he did it for a year, and then I was six, and I was old enough. So when I started kindergarten, that same week I started jiu-jitsu, and I, I was just hooked. Cool. We need to get some new... Uh... I don't know what the new kids show is now, but we need to get some guy in there doing jujitsu, like the yeah, like the right. That'd be awesome. They had to do karate, and I mean, I'm lucky I fell into jujitsu and not, you know, something, you know, some kind of weapons fighting or something. So, because yeah, yeah, if they had somebody doing jujitsu, enrollment would go up everywhere. It'd be awesome. Yeah, kids, kids classes would be packed. How, how is uh, balancing school and jujitsu? How do you do that? Um, I feel like when I was like uh, in high school, I. I was really immature about it, and even somewhat in the beginning of college, like, you know, jiu-jitsu is really fun, but without being able to pay the bills or anything like that eventually, then you can't do jiu-jitsu. So I kind of would sacrifice school for jiu-jitsu, but now I feel like I have, like, a balance. It's taken me a long time, but I, anytime I'm not doing jiu-jitsu now, I'm, I'm studying, or when I'm not, when I don't have class, I go to jiu-jitsu. Like, they kind of balance off each other. Like, if I don't get my work done then I don't get to train. That's kind of my incentive to get all my work done. Like, I kind of made that my goal. Because I've had my grades slip in the past, and it's just, it, it's not fun. It stresses you out, and then it affects your training. So, I, um, now, like, if I don't have my homework done or I'm not studying for my test, I don't go to jiu-jitsu jiu until it's done. And then that way, it's like, okay, I want to get my work done. And, you know, that way I know it'll all pay off, and, and it ends up helping my jiu-jitsu in the long run because it makes me, you know, more driven. Yeah, that sounds like a good good way to do things. It's always hard to... When you're studying and and you want to do something else, but you you won't let yourself go go train unless you're done. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that way it's like a little um, like a like a reward at the end. Cool. And then you're all motivated to go train because you've earned it. You're not just showing up. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so what's a what's a, a week of training look like for you? How many times um, do you get to Monday go? Monday and Tuesday, we usually do. Uh, I do I do morning class because the way like my school schedule and everything, I'll do morning class and then. Uh, I'll do night class also. So it's not like, uh, I don't know, we have like an hour and a half morning class, and that's when like a lot of our um, competitors come in and our, our MMA guys come in. So you get some really good athletes who train really hard in the morning. And then um, at night we'll come in and 
work a little more technique, and then we have an advanced class. And, that, again, it's like more hard rolling. So we have, like, some killers to train with. And then uh, usually depending on how I feel on my schedule, I also go to the, uh, a gym, CrossFit Driving Formation, to do, like, strength and conditioning. And I usually do that about four times a week. So usually that's Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday. Wednesdays I usually take off. And then we have open mat on Saturdays. And I always tell myself I'm going to at least take one of those off, but, like, I'll go to the gym just to hang out and get roped into training. So <laughs> usually pretty much train a little bit every day. Well, that sounds good. You sound like a you're a serious competitor and a, and a serious student there. What are your goals you have for yourself? Um, I really, I mean, it used to be a pipe dream, but now I feel like maybe, you know, I kind of take your goals a little more serious. I really want to go to Abu Dhabi one day. Like, that's my, you know, not just go to it, but, you know, eventually win it. But first step's obviously to get there, so... Um, that's like my like be all end all right now. I just have my heart set on that and my mind set on that. I'm really training for it. Um, that's in the trials are December 13th and then they're again later next year in California. So I'm going to hit the ones in West Virginia on the East Coast and hopefully that goes my way. But if not, I'll probably beat the ones on the West Coast too. I really want to. I want to go 2015. I know I'm young, but I really think it's a possibility. Uh, but if not, you know I'm going to try again and again until I get there. So that and uh, you know Nogi Worlds and. Any big matches, I'd really like to, you know, do a lot of submission-only stuff and maybe one day work my way to Metamorphs or something. I don't know. I just want to take it as far as I can and just, you know, have fun with it, but also, you know, really kind of take these goals serious. Because when you're younger, you know, everybody, like, wants to be, you know, uh, go to Abu Dhabi or be a world champion. But then, like, as I got older, I feel like I saw what it took, and I liked it even more. Like, I really wanted to work for it. So I I feel like I'm putting in the work, and I I really hope to be able to accomplish this someday. Do you think that, that being a uh, full-time student is going to hinder that at all, or do you have time for both? Um, no, I, I think actually it's probably good because I, um, I don't have – when I compete, like, there's no pressure. If, you know, if this is the way I, like uh, – if I didn't have anything else to fall back on or, like, yeah. any future after I graduate, it's probably way more pressure to win, I always think. Like, you know, if you're going to eat, you're like, oh, my God, like, if I don't win, I don't get sponsorship, I don't eat. Like, this is just – you know, I get to have fun with it, and, and, I, and I do take it really serious. But at the same time, it's at the end of the day, I, there's no serious repercussions for me. So I can go out there and, and try really hard without, you know, having that underlying pressure. Like, man, I got to open a school, and I have to, you know, there's no, there's no pressure. I'm 21, and I'm in school, and I'm probably gonna get a real job afterward, and still train real hard. But you know, it uh, it lets me have fun with it. So I, I think it's actually helpful. And I don't know. I, I don't think you need to train. I don't think. These guys that say they train like eight and ten hours a yeah. day, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's possible. I, I mean, I because like even on like breaks and stuff from school, like I've tried, and I don't, I don't think it's possible unless you're on you know a certain supplement that you shouldn't be. Because um, I don't know, I think even the top MMA guys only train like four hours, five hours a day. I just think it's too much on your body. I don't think it would be possible. So I, I think you know, if I train three or four hours a day, I have you know how many more to to spend at school and I have free time even so I don't think it hinders it cool yeah your body needs time to heal no matter how serious of a train of athlete you are if you're not oh, yeah, not feeling good it's not gonna it's not gonna be good no matter how much training you did yeah <laughs> yeah where do you like to how do you like to train do you like to, to drill like work on a certain move but like positional sparring or do you like to drill things or are you, are you rolling a lot um I don't I mean I really like uh I really like rapping. I mean, I, rapping is like something you do and you have to do, and I, and I think you have to do it a lot. But I mean, I, I enjoy it somewhat, but I really love rolling because yeah. I, um, 
I don't know. I feel like I'll treat my rolling a lot, and I feel like a, uh, my coach does this, and I think I kind of learned it from him. So like you'll put yourself in things in rolling, and you'll try what you learned that day. So it's kind of like you're repping and rolling at the same time. Yeah. And it makes it really interesting. So that's kind of my favorite. That, and I really love when we get, like, you know, our advanced class together, and you're just rolling so hard, and you're not thinking, and you're just, you know, you're just going and going, and you can't think because if you do, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get submitted, or you're going to get swept. So, I don't know, that's when jiu-jitsu, I think, is most fun, is when you're rolling really hard, but not, not with any, like, bad intentions. Like, nobody's trying to hurt anybody, you're just trying to, you know, throw your best, you know, transitions at the guy, and look to finish him, and he's looking to finish you, and, you know, it's like, it's, my, it's like mindless. That's, that's what I like. But I do rep a lot, because I think you have to. But, yeah. If it was my way, I would never rep. I would just roll. It was more fun. <laughs> well, well, I mean, when you just do like the the reps with like a partner who's being basically like a dummy, if you do like a bunch of reps and they're all kind of wrong, you didn't do yourself any good at all. I mean, but if you yeah, do a rep with a if you're if you're like you're saying every time, let's say you're working on I don't know an armbar from side control, or whatever. Every time you get the side control, you throw that armbar on. You're gonna know if you do that right or wrong. Like and. Just just keep doing that same stuff and working on that same technique while you actually roll. It's like a rep, but it's oh, better. without a doubt. And you can see the different variations. You know, like maybe maybe you were taught a certain way, but every time you go for it, the guy turns his hand this way, and you have to, you know, and you really find out what works. That's why I like like uh, competition footage too. Like I really don't watch too many instructionals. I'd rather watch competition footage and see what actually how it plays out. So you can shoot for the one that you know that happens most. Yeah. So you might learn a crazy sweep where the guy's like upside down, you know, throwing him and flipping him in in the instructional. But in real life, you get to see how it really plays out and what really works. You know, which if you watch like Marcelo Garcia and stuff, it's pretty much basic advanced basic jiu-jitsu, You know, like he's doing the same thing over and over again, just showing guys with it, rather than like fancy, you know, crazy stuff. Yeah, that yeah, that's cool. Um, so you said. Uh... Uh, the trials are up in, in December 13. W- what are you expecting on that? Oh, man, I'm expecting a really tough, long day. Hopefully, hopefully it's not like a 30-second go-home-crying type day. But, uh, you know, I'm expecting the uh, I'm expecting the top guys in the world to be there. You know, I know a lot of them have their invitation already, but uh, I'm expecting a lot of, like, young, hungry killers there, you know, and no easy matches. But we're training for it, and I'm really excited. You know, it's... Uh, it's almost more fun than doing a small tournament locally that, you know, maybe the competition isn't as steep because you really get nervous and you're really, like, you know, you train harder for it. So I'm pretty excited. I'm expecting a really tough time. But, you know, I, I have I have belief in my coach and his teaching and my team, and I think all of that's going to help me do pretty well, I hope. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Cool. Are the rules the same as they are in, in the actual Abu Dhabi? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think the matches might be like two minutes shorter, but it's the same thing, like no points for the first half. And then halfway through, they yell points, and it's a regular match again. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about that. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I did one of their like regional tournaments, and the rules was really, uh, it was really interesting to compete under those rules. I had a good time. So hopefully, again, it'll be good. That might favor your style of kind of just like going for things. You know, that you get the first half, just do whatever you, have you want. You have no fear in the beginning. That's why I'm really excited for that. Cool. Can you, you know, you just moved recently from one one location to the other. Um, can you think about like something that you've learned about jiu-jitsu fairly recently? Maybe not since the move or not, but something that you didn't realize a couple of years ago that you've learned now. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think I learned more about like um, people through jiu-jitsu. It's kind of cool. Like 
I met so many new people since I moved. Cause I, and I've also, you know, like I said, I really didn't find a home down here training-wise for, for almost a year. I had been here, and I still wasn't really anywhere settled. I was kind of like training, but bouncing around and not really finding a home. So I met a lot of people, and I think it's just um, the biggest thing I learned is like Jiu-Jitsu is going to introduce you to like the coolest, most unique people you could ever meet. Like I've met people that, you know, there's a couple that are like me that are in college, but there's very few like normal people in Jiu-Jitsu. Like something's different about them. They have a different background. They're, you know, they're like I went to New York with my uh, with my teammate for Pans. Yeah. And, you know, we stayed in Brooklyn and he grew up there. So he introduced me to all different kinds of people and people that I never thought I would meet or know, you know, like different backgrounds, different religions, different everything. And, and everybody I've met has been like super cool and super nice. Which like, I don't know, if I played basketball, I'd be around a bunch of college dudes hooting and hollering, probably partying and stuff. And it'd be really bland. You know, jiu is just so interesting. The people are so nice and it leads you like a lot of cool opportunities. But I don't know. I think that's what I learned. It's pretty cool, like, to see how it opens you up to all different kinds of uh, people. Yeah, and it does. There's a wide range of of people, and I don't know if it's it's that the people who aren't like fun or nice get ran out of it, or they just aren't attracted to it and they don't stick with. It. I don't know what the difference. Maybe a little no, bit of both. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, if you come in with an ego, it's either going to get crushed or you're going to be gone. And it's like it's pretty cool. It's like. Uh, there's nowhere else in the real world can that happen because you know I mean like if if somebody's rude in, in Starbucks you can't choke them out and then they leave like it doesn't work, you know life doesn't work like that unfortunately but you know it's so cool it just weeds out all the all the bad eggs and keeps all the cool people that you know are pretty humble it's really fun man yeah. I just, and I, I don't think I ever realized that I think I was too young I don't I think I'm pretty young now but I guess moving like I kind of had to like grow up a little bit and I just like I love that aspect of it. Did did uh, just out of curiosity? Did uh, as a young guy, junior high, high school, whatever? Did you ever uh, get into any trouble at school? And anybody attack you or anything like that? Um, not really. You know, I if anything, when I was younger, like really young, like middle school, and like maybe like the beginning of junior high, like I had a problem where like jujitsu gave me the sense of like having to help out people that weren't as. Um, like, didn't know jiu-jitsu, I guess, yeah. but I'd always get involved in other people's problems in, in like, a nice way. And be like, like, you can't do that to him, you know? But other than that, no, I mean, I think um, it kind of gives you the, the confidence in yourself not to have to, like, yeah. react or, like, you just kind of, it rolls right off your back, you know? Like, uh, when I when I started, you know, I was always in, had my first instructor, and he would always tell us, like, because we had a couple kids in the class, even though it was an adult class, and he would tell us, like, man, somebody can call you names or, whatever, you know, whatever, push you, but as long as they're not physically harming you, like, you should just laugh it off, you know, and, and we do this every day. Why would you want to do it outside of the academy, which is which is my mindset on it, you know? Yeah, I'm with you, man. There's no, it, it's easier now as an adult to see, but, like, there's no reason to get in a fight with somebody unless you're physically threatened or, or like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you Absolutely. insult me, that's it's fine. Like I'll deal with that. Yeah, but, you know, petty things, it's not worth it to me. Yeah, and if, and if you find yourself going to fight them because they're, they're an a-hole. You know what? When the fight's over, they're still going to be an a-hole, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, take me, you know, think of like the past big tournaments you did. Let's let's say you're getting ready for uh, Abu Dhabi in December here. Uh, you know, your match is like 30 minutes out. What are you going to, what do you do mentally or physically to get ready? Um, well, now it's like, uh, I guess like, 
you know, because we take it a little more serious. Like before, when I was younger, I wouldn't warm up or anything. I'd just go out there and, you know, just kind of yawn and shake the guy's hand yeah. and just go. But um, now it takes me like I warm up like if it's for an hour before I'm warming up. So I'm I'm doing you know I'm running and I'm jumping around doing squats and push-ups and then stretching and listening to music and just kind of trying to get all the uh, nervous energy out. I think like I try to get as worked up as possible before a match, which is kind of I guess kind of productive, but. That way I can go out there with a clear head. So, like, I just think about a bunch of different things and listen to music and get really, like, motivated and, like, scared, anxious, pumped up, everything all at the same time. That way, like, it all just flows out. And then by the time I go out the mat, I feel great. So that's kind of what I do now. And, um, I don't know, by the time I go out there, I'm just kind of, like, calm and ready to do it, you know? Cool. Sounds like a good system. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely taken me a while to figure it out. You know, I've read, like, books and stuff on it. And nothing helped but actually just going out there. But um, now I feel, like, I feel like it's working now, but who knows? You know, it could always change. But, you know, I try to get really, uh, really pumped. Like, I like uh, Lovato. You know, you ever watch, like, Rafael Lovato? Yeah. And you're like, that dude competes with so much passion and, like, emotion. And I'm kind of into that. I think I think it kind of helps drive you a little bit. Some people go out there and, you know, they're, like, stone-faced. And I like how he just, like, lets it all hang out. And, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty cool. So I, I kind of mimic that, I guess. Cool. Um, I keep thinking about you – you know, in your in school and in training all the time. So, you're do you ever like like start bringing jujitsu topics in for for your homework assignments or anything like that? Um, I used to in high school and like middle school, and it's just gotten too hard. It's like not even worth it anymore. It's just it's just so confusing. And you have people karate chopping in the air at you, like, oh, I know what you're doing, and it's like, ah, oh, you know what? You don't want to be yeah. rude and make them feel bad. So, I kind of I don't know. I try to separate the two now. It's like. The last thing I'll tell somebody about myself when I meet them is that I do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Unless I have, like, a shirt on or something, which is, like, even that's kind of rare. Like, I try to, like, I don't even try anymore. But um, I used to be, like, I used to give, like, little presentations on it, like, public speaking and stuff. And it was fun. But now that it's college to where, like, I really don't know a lot of my classmates. Yeah. Like, forget it. I'm going to have to explain it 30 times. There's no way it's going to happen. So it's kind of funny in that sense. But um, no, not not too much anymore. Not, you just got to explain any, any black eyes or... That's always kind of fun. Absolutely. If if you if you're coaching um, somebody and then they're going to go do their first tournament, uh, can you think of any advice that you'd give them? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, I know when I was little, my coach John Hassett would tell me uh, three things. He'd say safety, like for you and your, and your partner at that level, you know what I mean? It's not like they're black belts where they know to tap. Yeah. If you're a kid or a white belt, like, or even a blue belt, you know, like, don't, you're not winning the Mundial finals. Like there's no need to hurt anybody or hurt yourself, you know? So safety, have fun, which I mean, why would we do it if we weren't having fun? It'd be kind of, you know, pointless. And then learn something. Like if you don't, you know, you're only doing it so you get better. So I think those three are awesome. And then, for everybody else, like, also, like, on my own, I kind of learned, and I always, like, tell, like, our beginner guys, like, man, like, just go out there and, like, leave it all out there. Like, you know, you go out there and you say, this is the best I have to offer, and just kind of leave it out there. And, you know, at this level, I mean, winning's awesome, but, like, I really don't think starting out is that important. It's, like, preseason, you know what I mean? Like, when you get to the to some of the bigger tournaments, you want to do well, but I think starting out, like, first competition, like, just getting out there is like a small victory and then you get comfortable and then all of a sudden the winds start coming. So I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal to put too much pressure on yourself. Take it easy, have fun and, and, and keep both you and your, and your partner safe. That's good. Well, a lot of people have 
their white belts for a year or two, and then they get their blue belt, and it, it's like it's almost a little different for them. It gets frustrating. It, you know, there's still like a lot of good white belts that give them a hard time, and in in the blue belts, some of those guys are almost purple, and they're they're nowhere near that level. Um, so it's, I think a lot of guys get frustrated when they get their blue belts. What were you like as a blue belt? Um, as a blue belt, I got my blue belt like right after I turned 16. Yeah. So like the first word that comes to mind is awkward. But uh, <laughs> outside of being like an awkward teenager, um, I think, I don't know. I was, uh, I don't know. I didn't really care. Like when I was that, like when I was a blue belt, I would compete all the time. Like, uh, I would do two tournaments in, in, in the same weekend, like Saturday do one, Sunday do one. I was, like, just kind of like that, like a jiu-jitsu bum. You know, I just kind of did everything, didn't care, went in, trained, tapped, didn't care who I tapped. And, you know, it, it changes over time, but I really, I don't know. I think I was just so happy not to be sitting at my desk in high school and be at jiu-jitsu class with all the adults that I really didn't focus on anything but that. And um, and just having fun and going and competing. I think I just knew one day it would work itself out no matter what, so I didn't really have to put too much pressure on myself. Did Did you compete uh, in the adult division much or in the kids' division? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did the adult division probably more than I did the teens at that point. Um, I'm not really sure why, but I think I kind of like being the 16-year-old going up a, a division rather than... It's like, it's like a little safety net, cause, you know, and, and I probably should have done this when I look back, but it is a good test, but if you lose, it's like, oh, you lost to adults. It's okay. So... Maybe I felt like I had a security blanket. I don't know, but I really did like it. It was uh, it was fun. I trained with adults like yeah. ever since I was ten or nine. So I figured, you know, if I was gonna train with them, I might as well compete against them. But um, I would do teams divisions too, like at the big tournaments. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of did both. Like I said, I, I would do as many matches as possible. Looking back, I don't know how, because I'm not that much older now. But my body would feel it if I had ten matches in a day. But uh, <laughs> back then, it was no problem. I'd just like bounce around and do whatever. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know what it is, but some of those some of those kids could just grapple all day long and uh, like, oh, yeah, at, their, at a high level. Our kids class, have... We have we have these three little guys and they're yellow belts and they're real advanced and they roll like little black belts and they roll harder than any any adults and they get done they're not, they're not even breathing. It's like so crazy. <laughs> it's like I would chill for that gas tank. Oh, that's funny. I think they don't have the this the, the the anxiety or the stress, some that, some of that might be part of it too. But yeah, those kids just go oh, forever sure. sometimes. What, what advice would you have for um, for a kid doing jujitsu? From with your experience, uh, I would say do as much of it as you can. And I, it's so hard to like explain to them because like, I teach, I, I help teach the kids class at our academy with my coach. Like, yeah. So, I, I mean, three times a week I'm with these guys and. and I think it's really hard to get them to understand the fact that, like, there is no winning or losing in training. And uh, I don't know. I think if they could figure that out at a young age, they'd get so much better so much faster. But, like, so many times, like, they, you know, kids, you see kids crying because they lost or, like, you know, they get done, they get done like, a role in class. Like, I won. And like, no, like, you don't think of it like that, you know. But if they could put that aside, I think it would make a lot more kids stick around, too. Because I don't think kids like to feel like they lost. But... I don't know. I feel like if you could put, if you could somehow get their ego in check that young, they'd be like unstoppable because they yeah. just learn and learn and get so good so fast. You know? Yeah, you're not winning and losing. You're just you're training and getting better. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what I try to tell our guys. And some of them get it, and some of them don't. And you know, especially I think the older ones that start older, like if you start when you're 14, it's hard because like that's that age where you're trying to like prove yourself and be all tough. And, yeah. Um, 
you know, but I think you get that aside, I mean, and just realize they're learning. Because competition is all that really matters if you're going to compete. Like, it doesn't matter if you get tapped in class. Like, you start, you go again, you learn from it, and you get better, you know. But some of these guys don't, don't think like that. And I think a lot of teachers don't always teach that. They kind of... You get two ends of the spectrum, I think, with the kids' programs. You get, like, the, the people that just, like, play games and, you know, don't really teach self-defense, or teach self-defense but no real jiu-jitsu. Like, they teach, like, you know, you know, certain things. But then I think you get some of the people that are too intense with it. So I think they have that balance for them. Yeah. Would, would you recommend uh, for younger kids to do the same kind of schedule you're doing with studying first and then going to train? Or Yeah, definitely. I just think, I don't know, I mean... I think maybe right now it's okay if you were to just focus on jiu-jitsu, I guess, because you can open a school and they're still not, it's not oversaturated. But, yeah. like, by the time a kid that's 10 right now is old enough to open a school, there's going to be so many. Like, you might want to have a backup plan just in case. So I, I would say I think it's always good to have something to fall back on or some or plan A and have jiu-jitsu be your plan B so it's, like, fun. Yeah. So it's never, like, I feel like a lot of people, it stops being fun when it starts becoming mandatory. I don't know. So I, just, I, I would, yeah, I would, I wouldn't really just focus on jiu-jitsu i think that's a little intense yeah and 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 really i mean your goal as a kid is to i mean is to do well in school i mean yes <laughs> you want exactly. to do good at jiu-jitsu but like it's going to help you at jiu-jitsu in the long run i mean if you're if you're good at yeah. you know I, I i do i i've written a few articles in my day but the podcast is much easier because my grammar gets you know overlooked uh, my, my, my yeah. poor, you know but if i could if i could write better i could i could have a better website you know and, and that's yeah I'm stuck if, with. You, if you can you know arm lock people through your blue in the face but you can't read or write like you know you're not really probably gonna make any money at jiu-jitsu so yeah so stay in school kids <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um do you have any uh tips for somebody to try to figure out their own game plan yeah i mean i would say just find I mean, you should be comfortable everywhere, but, like, you're always going to have spots that you're more comfortable in. I would say to try to get there as often as possible in competition. Like, have those be your go-tos. But be ready to troubleshoot, you know, be ready for when it doesn't go your way. But I think uh, I think you should really just think about what you're good at. And I wouldn't worry about, like, oh, I get arm blocked a while. Like, that's not something to think about before competition. If it's, you know, right before. Don't worry about what you're bad at. Worry about what you're good at and try to get there, you know, and try to get where you're comfortable. And... Once you go, you compete a little bit, and then you go back out there again. I would, uh, you know, use the competition to learn from it and see why you couldn't get to your spots that you like, or why you couldn't, you know, finish that takedown, whatever it was. So kind of like the more you compete, the more you're gonna kind of see what you know, because you know a bunch of moves in the academy, but then when you're out there and you're nervous, and you know people are yelling at you, and the guy's trying to rip your head off because it's you know his first tournament too, and he's really nervous and he gets that crazy adrenaline super strength, like. You find out what you really know, you know, because that, that's you don't have time to think about it. So I think compete as much as possible, and your game plan will kind of come to you. Yeah, and, and like you said, you can't have like areas that are like extremely weak, but you're going to have some stuff that is your favorites. Like you've you've got to nobody likes to put people on their back, but you got to be ready to deal with a guy on your back in the competition and escape Absolutely. that and get yeah, back definitely. to like you said, get back to the position that you want to be in, whether it's you know half guard top i don't know but find ways to get to your position that's good what would be a good goal for a student in their first year of doing uh, jiu-jitsu uh i would say one like one year i think i think you should i mean i i wouldn't shoot for a belt but i think it's good to kind of try to earn your blue belt i wouldn't like you know don't ever say that to your instructor because well that's why i'm on how long it takes you to get it but um i think maybe like 
through your first tournament, um, I would say try to train like two to three times a week. I wouldn't go crazy with it. The guys that come in like nonstop for their first month, they always end up quitting. I would like kind of take it in moderation, and I wouldn't. I would say like uh, maybe by the end of one year, have done like two tournaments or at least one tournament, and you know, do uh, you know try to get a couple stripes in your belt or your blue belt in a year. I think that's pretty good, you know. And then that way, and if you do that, you're going to get to see a bunch of different aspects of jiu-jitsu because you would have been through, you know, uh, a couple of competitions, training for it, you know, a promotion. So you get pretty couple big, pretty big milestones in one shot. I think that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty good goals. Yeah, and, and I do like what you say about overtraining. I don't, I don't know why, but it, those guys that show up the first day is Monday, and you've seen them every day of the week since then. <laughs> it's like this guy's going crazy, and then usually in a few months, either they've backed down a couple times a week or they're gone. It's, yeah, it's, oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. Uh, so many times, I think my biggest pet peeve, even like me, a couple of other guys that are, you know that train. We have a couple of MMA guys that train pretty much full time, and I said the same. We always get the same thing. It's uh, I wish I could train all day. And it's like, man, it's not like you know we're sitting here, you know, putting our jeans on, and taking pictures all day. Like it's pretty tough. But <laughs> the guys that always join always think it's pretty cool right off the bat. But man, like they don't know. And then and I think that's why guys get burned out is they get really hooked on it, and they don't realize that eventually your body and and, and just like naturally mentally you're going to burn out too if you don't you know cool it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the, the game plan thing. Do you have to kind of go into to the Abu Dhabi trials with two different game plans, one, you know, for before points and then one after, or do you just kind of just go at it? What are you thinking about that? Uh, I would think, um, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I I really want to, like, I always want to look for the finish. I think if I'm doing that, because I'm not like a... I'm not, like, real long and lanky, so I don't play a lot of closed guard. I don't, like, stay on my back and shoot, like, arm locks and triangles and stuff. I really want to get on top and try to, like, finish from there. So if I'm looking for the finish, like, points will come. So I really don't change my game yeah, plan at all. okay. But um, I would I would think, I guess, for a lot of guys it does. I mean, you have to worry about those points. I guess that's when it gets stressful is the second half because you, you got limited time and you got to get your points. But uh, I don't think my game plan will change too much. I really, I really want to – I think it's, like um, – it's not the end result. It's how you get there, too. So, like, I don't want to go and, you know, beat everybody because they pulled guard and got a negative point. I'll take it, but uh, I'd rather I'd rather go and try to, like, really put it to everybody that I face, you know, and try to submit them. But that's so my strategy probably won't change. It's always the same. Cool. And that's it's always exciting to watch. <clears throat> yeah, that's what, I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of guys that win world titles that you've never heard of, but not, not never heard of, but, you know, they don't, they don't always seem to have the the spotlight of the sponsors and all yeah. that. And there's some guys that, that don't always win, but they always fight really hard and, and they have they have more uh recognition and people like like watching them more. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's getting this to win isn't what it's all about. Even if you're a professional jiu jitsu person, like would you rather be undefeated in twenty matches or, you know, barely scraping by or have like ten amazing finishes of, of really good competition and, and then, you know, absolutely. drop a few matches here and there. What's crazy is some people answer would be the first one. That's, yeah. that's kind of what <laughs> makes jiu-jitsu like a little weird sometimes. Is you get these guys that play footsies and stuff. But I mean, you know, everybody has different goals. But I'd be, yeah, I'd much rather do the second. Yeah. But you know, the guy that, that has some cool finishes. Uh, what are some some traits of an ideal student that you're that you're teaching? Um, I think uh, tenacity. Like you just come back for more every time. You know what I mean? Like we have kids that 
a year ago weren't the best, and they were, you know, they were getting beat up and beat up and beat up in class, and now, you know, they're killing it. And same thing with the adults. You have guys that, you know, you just outlast everybody. I think that's the biggest. And then, like, open-mindedness. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. especially, like, I, I first moved, when I first came to, you know, where I'm at now, I've been here for a year. I hadn't really, I was kind of teaching places and bouncing around. I hadn't really had, like, formal instruction in, in like, over a year. So I really had to, like, relearn how to learn. Because, like, you know, somebody's telling you what to do. Not what to do, but maybe, like, a better way to do things. And you really have to be open-minded. And that was hard for me, too. So I'm like, man, like, do I trust this person? I've met a lot of people down here that weren't so legit and showed me things that didn't work. Like, And, you know, sure enough, you know, my coach showed me everything I do now is literally his game and things he showed me. But that was really hard for me. So I'd imagine just starting out, it's the same thing. Like, you know, when somebody tells you don't put your hands on the mat, we get people that are like, wait, why? And it's good to ask that, but I think you got to trust your coaches and make yeah. sure you're at the right place and be like, just be willing to come back no matter what, you know? You have a bad day, just come back, shake it off, you know, and uh, I don't know, I would just be tough, you know, not tough in like the tough guy sense, but in the, you know, like uh, durable, you know, you keep coming back and, you know, be able to take a good beating because that's probably, you know, especially starting out, you're going to spend your first year playing defense. So. Yeah, we talk about, we've talked about on the podcast before being mentally tough and, and you think about like, not stopping, even though the the guy's t- you know technically better than you are, or whatever. But mentally tough, and just a lot of it is like getting beat up one day by somebody who never tapped you out, and then and then the next day going back to class. Like that's yeah, that's absolutely. Not Especially if mentally. like you want to end up competing at like a moderately high level, like you're gonna have you're gonna have days where you've trained three times before this person's even you know woken up, and they come in, and maybe they submit you, or maybe they don't. You know, you don't submit them, and they go bragging about it. Like I have that happen all the time, and. and it's kind of being able to tune that out, which is, you know, like it's hard, but I think that's probably, like, mental toughness is, like, probably the biggest thing you can have. Yeah, that, that's mentally tough, and you're going to, if you like jujitsu, you'll stick with it, and uh, you'll be good at it. <laughs> yeah, said, no, absolutely. You said you're doing, like, strength and conditioning about four times a week. Can you kind of describe what you're doing on those days? Yeah, I have, um, I have like, some awesome uh, coaches that, like, kind of, and they took me in, like, they sponsored me and, like, let me train there. And uh, it's been a year there now, too. And uh, it's uh, Tad Rubin and Dwayne Harris, and they have opened a CrossFit gym. But, you know, CrossFit gets a really bad rap because, like jiu-jitsu, you know, you have people that anybody can open up a CrossFit gym. If you have $1,000 to pay the affiliation fee, you can be a CrossFit gym. So that's where it gets sketchy. But uh, they were, you know, they were personal trainers and strength and conditioning specialists before they were, you know, CrossFit people. So they... um they, like, know what to do for jiu-jitsu. They don't make us do, like, anything crazy. But I do, like, a lot of Olympic lifting and um, a lot of conditioning, a lot of, like, airline stuff and, you know, track work and sprints and, um, you know, a lot of that stuff, body weight stuff. And uh, they're always on me about my flexibility and uh, mobility stuff that I never do. But that's probably good yeah. for jiu-jitsu, too, you know, getting more flexible. And uh, they're just really smart with it. And they know how to push you on the days you need to be pushed, and they know how to make you rest. So, I, man, I think that's a huge part of the game. Because, you know, if we both know the same thing, but, you know, one guy doesn't get tired and the other guy does, then that's, that's a huge advantage. So I, I'm really saying I'm a big fan. Of it. I love it. And it's good because it's something you get to do to get better at jiu-jitsu, but you're not doing jiu-jitsu. You don't even realize you're getting better. It's like a, a good release. Cool. And it's not, um, like you said, you pay a 1000 bucks and, and you can get that affiliation. But it's, this is, I mean, it's similar. You can go to a lot of jiu-jitsu schools and they're like – they're a karate school that teaches jujitsu, and it's and you look in there, and there's they don't have 
a very qualified instructor and and but if you go to the right jiu-jitsu school it's gonna be awesome i mean you know it's like if you go to the right crossfit gym you get a good workout you you know you get your body tuned up and in shape ready to compete exactly yeah and and if you don't go overboard with anything's good but yeah like you said like i mean you can have how many pizza places have number one slice of pizza or whatever you know (laughs) when you go to the city or something it's you know it's jiu-jitsu it's crossfit they all advertise that everything's the best and this and that but uh you know, you just got to make sure you're with the right people or in the right environment. And, you know, I, I, I know for sure I am. So I'm, yeah. you know, it's taken a lot to get to that point, you know. But, um, so there's like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of like different kinds of characters you can meet if you, you know, you're not careful in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with you're, you're, you're where remind I'm at. me, You remind me of the Elf movie when he like sees like the world's best cup of coffee in some little <laughs> crappy coffee yeah, place. that's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, we did it! He's looking at him like he's yeah. not. <laughs> he takes the date. He takes his date to it and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you, you teach a kids class, or you help teach a kids class? Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yep. What? How would how would us teaching the the kids class? I mean, obviously it's different, but like, what what approaches do you take to it differently? I mean, especially as with your experience of of being a kid that took the class. Like, yeah. do you focus on um, fun, or do you focus on just fundamental techniques, or what, what do you guys do there? I think fundamentals is huge, because you might show them a really crazy, you know, awesome arm walk. They may be able to pull off, but they're not going to remember that in 10 years. You teach them a good elbow escape and bump and roll, and they're going to be using that to go to black belts, you know? So, um, but I don't know. I think, I, I know, I just kind of follow my instructor's lead, because he's got it down. Everything, his teaching, just with the adults, the kids, like, he's just, He's a jiu-jitsu genius, I think, you know. I, I mean, I've seen him, you know, do it, so I, I know he is. And um, he kind of, we kind of treat them like they're little adults, you know, in the sense, like, if you line everybody up and you talk like this, and let's go, boys and girls, like, it's never, they're not going to take you seriously, and I don't think you take them seriously either. Like, these kids, all kids, you know, they're capable of so much, and I think we don't give them enough credit. Like, our kids, you know, they roll, like, better than most of our adults a lot of times because they just do pure techniques. And, uh, you know, not better than, like, you know, but they, if they were adults, they'd have a purple or brown bow on their waist for sure. And um, I don't know, we just kind of make it fun, but we make it jiu oriented you know? So, I don't know, we treat them like this adult class, but maybe play an extra game of dodgeball or something. But other than that, we just, you know, we treat them, you know, we have fun. You know, we don't, you know, talk external or anything crazy, yeah. but, uh, you know, we treat them like adults, like mini adults, you know, the same way we teach and everything else. And it's awesome. It's paying off. Like, they're, they're getting so good so fast. Cool. It sounds like a good combination of uh, of, of hard training and, and effective training, and then having a good time. I, I, you got to remember that the the kids have to want to go to the class for them to do it long term. Like, yeah, they need to be saying, yep. is, "Is it time for jujitsu yet?" You know, begging the parents to to take them because if if that's not there, the you know eventually the parents will find something else for them to, them to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank or mention? Yeah, definitely. Um, this weekend, I have a, a match coming up in Myrtle Beach at our MMA event, but it's a grappling match. So I have a lot of local sponsors, uh, Island Bar. So if anybody, I think, I'm sure people from Myrtle Beach will maybe listen. And uh, Island Bar and Surfside, Malamia's Pizza, uh, Unique Kennels. They, like, sponsor guys in World Series of Fighting and stuff. They have Bulldogs. And uh, it's like they, they took off in uh, MMA. Um, Crown Container from New York. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank my gym, you know, Sarah BJJ, and where I do my conditioning, uh, you know, CrossFit Drive information. I want to thank my coach, Frankie Patches, for 
taking me under his wing and literally showing me everything he knows and not holding back at all and helping me, you know, and just making a really big difference for me at a time when I especially needed it. You know, I really didn't have a home down here jiu-jitsu-wise. And I think he kind of saw that and helped me out, which is awesome. I think he's like the best kept secret in jiu-jitsu. But uh, all my teammates and everything, you know, but number one, my family always, you know, it takes a lot for your mom, your dad, your sister, and your brother to constantly rotate every day, taking you to practice for 10 years, you know what I mean? And, and to come yeah. to tournaments and, you know, even now to call and see how you're doing or to drive two hours to come see you compete. So, man, just I got the best support system in the world with them. And my brother trains, he's a brown belt, and he beat me up, you know, nonstop, still does. So, you know, just them. I have so much, so many good people around me, coaches, teammates, everything. So, yeah, just a big shout out to them, too. Cool. Sounds good. It sounds like you have a good system of support with you oh yeah i think that's i think that's the most important i'm just so you know before it's very hard to go into competition or anything when you're not confident in what you're doing or who you're with or but now i don't really have that problem and it's, it's such a relief and it's so awesome cool how could somebody get a hold of you or keep up with you uh, i'm on i'm on facebook i have a athlete page but i don't know i don't think i'm very likable nobody wants to like it for some reason i got like 300 likes so i don't post them there too much but uh i'm on there under my name joe slacky uh, you can find me on there. Yeah, I post pretty much everything on there. Same thing on Instagram, at Joe Selecki. And uh, I don't really, I haven't figured out the Twitter yet. I, I use it, but I don't know. It's random, you know, rants about coffee and things. So, uh, But, yeah, you can find me on there. And uh, YouTube, you know, same thing, Joe Selecki. Same name everywhere. No, nothing nothing fancy. No no underscore, no, you know, numbers or anything. So should be easy to find. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go ahead, anybody wants to go ahead and follow me, that's awesome, you know. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're like me with, with Twitter. It's like, I think I understand Facebook decent, but Twitter is just like, it's it's it's, yeah, it's if a I different could sum thing. Up my uh, my Twitter, it's like loud noises, you know, from Anchorman. Like I don't really know what I'm posting <laughs> on there. <laughs> That's funny. All right, man. Well, it's been fun talking with you. I appreciate uh, all the advice you've given everybody, and wish you luck at, at the yeah. at Abu Dhabi. There, That's I appreciate you cool. having me on, man. It's awesome. I'm I'm a big fan of the show, and it's awesome to be on it. All right, thank you, Joe. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. That was an interview with our friend Joe Selecki. Um, keep up with him. Follow him on Facebook and, and see what he's doing. Uh, he's, he stays busy. He's a busy guy you know, with school and, and uh, his competitions. So Yeah, definitely competes a lot. And uh, definitely check out next week because uh, we're going to have a quote from Joe on next week's episode. Yep. Gary, if somebody wants a five – if somebody wants a gee patch – how would they go about getting a BJJ brick gi patch? To get yourself a BJJ brick gi patch, you basically just need to uh, go on uh, to iTunes and give us a funny review. You know, hopefully we earned a five star review, but uh, you know, just try to make it funny. Uh, we like to be laughed at, you know, made fun of, uh, ridiculed. Always makes us feel good. <laughs> but uh, definitely, uh, you know, put in a review and then uh, send us a message on. Uh, on uh, our Facebook page there. Tell us, hey, this is uh, so-and-so. I just put that review on there. And uh, we will uh, be in touch, and we'll get you out a BJJ gi patch. And uh, when you get your gi patch and you have it sewn onto your your gi there, definitely uh, send us a picture, let us know, and uh, we'll put it up on our page there. Uh, give you a shout-out. Here's a great example of, of uh, one of the reviews here. New one in here by The Great Ghost, 237, five stars. Thanks, buddy. Um, I was in bad shape before I found the podcast. Two-year white belt with one stripe. Man, 
Gary, times are tough sometimes. But hey, remember, it's not important about the stripes of the belt. You're just out there training and learning and getting better. Anyway, but I listened to every episode and followed their teachings and advice. These guys know their stuff. He's making me feel pretty good about myself right now. Sounds like we wrote this one ourselves. <laughs> one year later, he's a six-stripe white belt. Man. <laughs> Master says he's almost there. Thanks, Byron and Gary. So, that was good. I like that one. That was funny. Man, that's awesome. Six-stripe Six white stri- belt. That's more than, than... Most people have. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I, so I, rare. I've talked to a guy who has stripes on his stripes. He had four way. stripes, but he had five stripes on his four stripe. <laughs> so this, this is advanced jujitsu. Yeah, man. but that was the Grey Ghost. Thank you, Grey Ghost. So give us something kind of like that. That, was, that wasn't yeah. uh, run of the mill uh, yeah. review. We like something kind of funny like that. That's good. But you know, the only thing like the Grey Ghost kind of told us that if you go to a tournament, and we have no clue where Grey Ghost lives, but if you go to a tournament and you see a guy with six stripes on his white belt and a BJJ brick patch. You know it's the Grey Ghost. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you do see that at a tournament, go up and introduce yourself to the Grey Ghost. <laughs> if he's not too ghostly for you. Yeah. Gary, if they want to get the podcast emailed to them weekly, where, how would they do that? Is it complicated? It's not complicated at all. It's so uncomplicated, even I could do it. Basically, you just... <laughs> Byron... Can you explain how to do this? <laughs> yeah, here's what you're going to do. You're going to log on to the interweb. Of the interweb? The, the internet, yes. Okay. You go either Facebook or bjjbrick.com, and there's a little box that you can put your email in and your name. Bada boom, bada bing. You'll be getting a weekly... Bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> you'll be getting weekly emails about what the podcast is about. You'll know all about what it's about. Man, that's a great idea. So, there you go. Yeah. And we keep in contact with you if anything else goes on. We don't send out a lot of emails because we, we're pretty busy, guys, I think. <laughs> the podcast is taxing it up on us. <laughs> Between family, jiu-jitsu, training, jobs, and then the podcast. Yeah. So we got our plates full. We're not going to send you a thousand emails bothering you. but We promise. We don't get one every every week kind of giving you a heads up. Just to tell you on. what episode's out. Yep. Um. Gary, somebody asked me the other day, what does BJJ Brick mean? You I've know, explained it. Gary, I want to hear you explain it. You know, I'm going to explain it for you today. So, uh, no, definitely. I think uh, Byron actually came up with the uh, BJJ Brick. That was uh, his idea. And uh, and actually, I think it's awesome. Uh, basically, that move you have, that move that, you know, we all got a move that we're really good at. That's our go-to move. You know, you're in the middle of a scramble and uh, you're going against a really tough guy and, man, you're just, uh, you're trying for anything. And all of a sudden, he gets to that position that you love. You know, all of a sudden your move just comes out. And for me, it's like the Kimura. You know, it's all of a sudden you got that move that is your move that you that's your main move that you always go to when you're in trouble, that you feel like you can tap a lot of people with. It's kind of like, Getting hit in the face with a brick. I don't know what it feels like to get hit in the face with a brick, but <laughs> I'm glad but I could imagine. Um, but that's what it's like. It's just that move that just knocks somebody out. You know, uh, you kind of go back to it. You know, you're you're scrambling, you're going after everything, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, there's that arm again, or there's that neck. Oh, he left his his ankle, you know, unprotected. You're 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 just going straight for your move, and it just hits you like a ton of bricks. There you go. Thanks, yep. Gary. You're welcome. Good explanation. 
I got that one right. I had a little bit of trouble on uh, when he asked me to explain how to get on the interwebs and uh, and uh, put your email in. Hey, it's all about putting each other in awkward spots. Yes. Yep. That's jujitsu. <laughs> no you kidding. know, we are used to getting put in awkward spots. <sighs> all right, Gary. Time again for your awkward spot of the, of the week. What do we got this week, Byron? Okay, we, we you know if you want to send Gary a, a, an odd question or two, just log on to the interwebs. Log on. We uh, our email, which I guess we didn't say. I don't think we said bjjbrick at gmail dot com. Or if they want to get a hold of us a different way, message us on Facebook. We'll both see it there pretty easily. So that's a good way to get a hold of us. Anyway, uh, we got a question here for you, Gary. I'm ready. Hope you're ready. Hope you got your ear. ear uh, I got my earbuds on. in. Okay. Gary, with six feet of snow that has hit my town, when do I know if it's safe or not to go out and train or go to work? You know, first of all, let's go with a let me address the work question. Because <laughs> it's different, right? Definitely, it's different. The work question is they are saying, unless you're a police officer, a nurse, a fireman, a firewoman, uh, plow driver do <laughs> yeah. not leave you know unless it's emergency personnel so basically they will tell you on tv when it's okay to okay to leave uh, training don't miss training <laughs> <laughs> no think of it this way though um yeah definitely uh, you don't want to get you don't want to be out on the roads if you're not supposed to i know uh uh, the area around Buffalo, New York, has got trashed with snow here lately. Uh, lake effect snow, and uh, some areas have got six, seven feet, eight feet of snow. But um, I don't even know if you could shovel that stuff. No, because I was going to say you could kind of use uh, shoveling as a little bit of uh, exercise and training on the outside. How, how would I even? How would you make a snow angel in that? <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could even tell. Well, you know what you could do is try to bear crawl through the snow. Yeah. That would be good cardio. That would be good cardio. Yeah, cold so you cardio. could do that. Cold cardio. Cold cardio. And remember, if you're, okay, if you're going to bear cold in the snow, tie a rope to your ankle. And, that and be, let you... They, and they also... put you back in the house. Yeah, and where you, where you start, you know, in that snow drift, make sure you put a put a piece of paper and, and tell somebody what time you went into there, that snow drift, <laughs> and, uh, you know, what time you expect to be back. You know, just... Uh, it's always good to be prepared. Good to be prepared. Yeah. So... But, uh, yeah... Um, I feel sorry for you know everybody up in Buffalo, New York. It's uh, it's a tough time right now. Yep, I got. Bu- go ahead. Actually, by the time this airs, it'll be uh, down to three feet. Done, yeah, <laughs> we're doing we're recording this a little ahead of time. We're, do, we're doing this before Thanksgiving, so yeah. we do have a nice holiday. Yep. So. so shout out to Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Actually, I went to school in Brockport, New York, uh, between uh, Rochester and Buffalo. So I'm used to that area. So we got all your learning done. My learning. <laughs> so I did some learning. <laughs> Shout out to SUNY Brockport, Brockport State. All right, we'll catch you next week. Like we said, Joe's got a, uh, a, a quote for us, and we don't know who we're talking to, what we're doing, but because it's a little ways away. I uh, hope but everybody has a great, we'll find it out. Had a great we'll, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.